Calvin, what was that guy's name, that hitchhiker we picked up just outside of Nova Scotia? The seaweed guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy who ate only seaweed. Did he have a name? I don't know. He came into the RV smelling like the ocean, though. <laughs> he was smelling like the ocean because he was harvesting seaweed that morning. <laughs> Either fully oh. clothed or completely naked. Hard to know. He'd be the kind of guy that would do one of those. <laughs> he didn't have a band suit. Welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. My name is Calvin. I'm Jeremy, and we are here to help you find more adventure in your everyday through some inspiring stories and some practical tips. Right. Today, we are going into the next bucket of ours, which is exploration uh, and the outdoors. Now, Calvin and I, we've done a decent amount of exploring over our time here. And, you know, one thing that's super important when you're exploring is, uh, sadly, sadly, you know, the world is run by money, and so anytime you do anything, you pretty much need some money. Yeah. A budget is important and something that we have learned to do without, and now we realize, you know, how much we should have planned that part of our trip. Now, who's we? We've always, you and I have always had a budget. Has there been a time when you did not have a budget? Yeah, when you and I travel, you've done the budget. Yes, and exactly. And I have <laughs> came along for the ride. Yes, I have traveled without you. And thus, without a budget. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. So which, did, which led to me sleeping on the streets of Munich with no place other than this little garbage alcove. Are you serious? In, in March. Yeah. You were, were you with anybody? I was with a buddy. And yep. you were like literally in, a, in an alcove we in a dumpster. We were out of dough and we had to get to our next semester of school in yeah. Austria. So we, for whatever reason, we flew into, it was Munich. And then we, to uh, yeah. And like, no one told us like that's an insanely expensive city can't stay anywhere <laughs> guys like us so yeah we like so we spent the afternoon scouting out somewhere to sleep and we found like this little like kind of like three walled where like the garbage dumpster would be but the garbage dumpster was out of there so we spent the you know the afternoon gathering up some cardboard and uh, some other you know insulators and we spent the night there and that was that was kind of probably before the days when like Wi-Fi was so prevalent, and you probably didn't have like a smartphone or anything, so you couldn't have like no. looked up the local hostel. And we definitely like... did not have smartphones <laughs> or anything, so or cell phones, that... or the language of the locals. Yeah, and and how did it feel when you were sleeping out there? Were you like, I'm really alive, or were you like, this sucks? I wasn't too bummed about it. I'm, you know, I was kind of down. The guy that I with was with was kind of bummed. Yeah, but uh, I I embraced it, and the it kind of it just got freezing. Like we were very cold. Both had like summer sleeping bags, so we had to deal with that. Yeah, it actually kind of reminds me of a time when I was at uh, Laurier and there was this campaign. It was called Five Days for the Homeless, where you would sleep outside to raise uh, money and awareness uh, for like local homeless shelters. Oh, that is so selfless of you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And I mean, it was just, uh, it was just an incredible You're a experience. true hero. <laughs> no, it's actually interesting. Um, but it was like a fascinating uh, experiment. I mean, and it was. And I, I did actually have some feelings where it was like, you know, am I doing this just like this is in no way what homelessness homelessness is like. But it was it was an interesting way to even just pull me out of, you know, my my comfortable life, even for just a, a little sure. bit of time. So you actually spent the nights. Yeah, we spent, we spent yeah. five nights out there in, oh, the, yeah. in the middle of March and we kind of had our little nook outside the, the cafeteria. Right. And um, yeah, we had all our cardboard and sleeping bags and I had. You know, here's a good trick, actually. If you ever uh, have really cold feet in the winter, take a plastic bag, any old plastic bag, put it around your foot, and then put it in your shoe. 
What's that do? It like just seals in all the juices? Yeah, I have no idea, <laughs> but it just keeps your feet so much warmer. Really? Yeah, that's a little tip. Uh, that's free free advice for you there. remember doing that as a kid in my winter boots, like rubber boots, putting your foot in the in the bag and then putting exactly. it in, in the boot. Exactly. It keeps Leaky it way boot. warmer. Yeah. It keeps it way warmer. Hey, and uh, another thing, Laurier is where I went to university, where I did this five days for the homes thing. But interesting fact, our guest today is was a friend of mine from Laurier as that's well. Right. Yeah, so Jordan Jordan, Jordan Bishop is uh, a very very interesting guy. Since we sort of parted ways uh, at, at the end of university, he has been doing some really really interesting stuff in the world of travel. He uh, basically started a business that allows him to work remotely and uh, fuels his uh, his exploration and his adventures. Yeah, this guy's like a full time traveler. He takes it very seriously. Yeah, and he has some really interesting uh, really interesting websites that he's created. And some pretty neat stories about how to find more adventure in your everyday. Right. So we're pretty excited to talk to Jordan today. And uh, one more thing before we get to the interview with Jordan that I thought was awesome. When we were chatting on the phone before this podcast just about what we were going to talk about. He was on his way from Hong Kong to uh, Thailand. No, sorry, from Thailand to Hong Kong. And he was passing through security and instead of hanging up and calling me back, he put the phone through the security machine, and uh, I felt like my mind was being read from afar. But it just kind of goes to show you how he's a guy who is always on the go, um, and uh, I just thought that was kind of a funny thing. So anyways, here is Jordan. All right, friends, we're back on the Open Road Podcast. We're here with Jordan Bishop. How are you today, Jordan? I'm doing splendid. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good. good. And where are you right now? Uh, I am standing in my apartment in Chiang Mai, Thailand. That is very, very neat. Um, Jordan and I, we went to uh, university together, Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. And Jordan, it'd be interesting to hear a little bit about your path since we both graduated from university. We've sort of both gone in our different directions, and I feel like you've done some pretty neat stuff. So would you mind catching us up from a couple years ago to the present? Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, I guess I'll start uh, around September of 2014, which is just about a year after we finished school, uh, because it was at that time that I launched my company, Your Oyster, which is a flight hacking company. Uh, flight hacking basically just means I'm getting people cheaper prices on their flights, plain and simple. Um, Illegally? And it was <laughs> legally. Yes, oh, okay. Legally. Wow. <laughs> Not smuggling Good them question. into the uh, baggage carousel. No, no, I, I haven't put anyone in a piece of baggage yet. So <laughs> right. that's that's a, a good stamp of approval. Um, and yeah, so I, I started that in September of 2014. And then one month after that, because I knew that I was building the business to be one that could be completely mobile, uh, I decided to hit the open road. And so I went on a trip and I've been traveling since for the last let's say 16 or 18 months. Wow. Wow. And so where have you been in, in that time? Well, where was your first stop? Yeah, both, both good questions. Um, so the first stop I went to Europe, uh, I uh, kind of messed around there for a month, went to a bunch of different places. Uh, and then, I mean, I'm not going to give you the entire itinerary no. because it's been quite exhausting. <laughs> uh, and, and we'd be here and for you know, about 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, I went to Japan and then I was in Asia for five or six months after that, um, 
which was leaking into 2015. Uh, in 2015, I actually visited all six continents. Um, wow. Though there's an asterisk beside Australia because I only flew through Australia. I didn't actually get out and explore it, unfortunately. Oh, so just the airport. Uh, <laughs> but did you yeah, touch down on the airport or was it a fly over the country? I, I did touch down oh, in Sydney counts. and spent about two hours in Sydney that airport. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think too. Um, and then, yeah, so I went to South America for a couple months, lived in Argentina for six weeks and Colombia for six weeks, uh, both amazing spots. And then, uh, you know, went to Africa, down to South Africa and basically came back to Asia, which is where I am now. Wow. Hey, question, Jordan, how much do you travel with? Like, what's your baggage situation? Like when you were doing, I always, yeah, I always fly carry on. Um, so it's so quite light. You have is uh, carry on actually. Yeah. I, I have a, basically a school size backpack, yeah. uh, which I just put my laptop and a bit of camera gear in there. Cause I'm getting really into photography. So I have a couple lenses, et cetera. Uh, and then I have a slightly larger backpack, not to the extent of, you know, if, if you've been backpacking or, mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you know, kind of the classic huge backpacker yep. backpack yep. That people have from uh, from mountain equipment co-op or whatever. It's not anything nearly to that size. Uh, it's basically just something to hold a couple pairs, uh, you know, pairs of shorts, a couple of shirts. And uh, I, I don't need much more than that. Right. So you've learned to keep it light. Yeah. Yeah. Very light. Oh, I, I travel with a skateboard as well. Actually, I got it in oh. Argentina. Uh, a little penny board that I call the conductor. So he comes with me everywhere too. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. So you you mentioned a, a couple of different things. You set up a, a business called Your Oyster that allowed you to basically travel because it was it was a mobile uh, business. And um, how has that allowed you to, or or I mean, how do you scale a business to make enough money to be able to continue to travel? And and how does that all work? Sure. Sure. Um, so the website is youroyster.com if for anyone listening that wants to check it out as we're talking about it, uh, Y-O-R-E, oyster.com. And I think, I mean, it's definitely not easy. You know, the process that you're describing, taking a business from zero and getting it into something that is making enough money to sustain one person, mm-hmm. let alone being, you know, a profitable enterprise beyond that. Um so I, I was actually quite fortunate when I launched it that there was a lot of attention around the business, uh, even before it was launched. Hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of press, uh, a, a lot of attention on it, uh, which is something that I didn't expect. But it really helped me to, to take the business beyond those very early stages of kind of getting, let's say, from zero to five or 10 customers, which can also often be the most difficult part, right? Mm, yeah. Um, so I, I kind of leapfrogged that and just got into, I guess, a more intermediary phase. But I have done it before where you're trying to start something from zero and get it in front of the right people, etc. cetera. Uh, I really think that the key to it all is just being ex- like having extreme perseverance. Um, a lot of people tend to drop off when they're starting projects like this because they don't see the initial success within, let's say a week. Uh, and a a week is such a short timeframe for something like this, you know, to, to kind of permeate in people's minds, um, that you need to give it a lot more than that. And 
in a lot of cases, a lot more effort as well. So hmm. I'm lucky that uh, my personality is one of a lot of persistence. So I can generally push through that phase. Hmm. And as I uh, as I understand it, you've uh, started another business or another website that centers sort of around adventure and travel. Tell us about that. Yeah, that one is How I Travel. And it was launched on the one-year anniversary of Your Oyster. So that being... Uh, about four months ago now. Are you going to continue um, that trajectory, uh, a new business every year? <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, that would be cool. It, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not going to to confirm that now, but I also won't deny it oh, because if something else comes right. up, then who knows? Who sure. knows? Uh, but yeah, How I Travel is, uh, it, it's a publication that sits under your oyster. Uh, so the two of them, um, are following the same, you know, the same sort of guiding principles, mm -hmm. which is helping people to travel better. Your Oyster focusing on helping them get cheaper flights. And How I Travel is all about, you know, inspiring them and, and showing them how the most interesting travelers in the world are doing it. And so in order to create something like that, I need to be talking with who I consider to be the most in travelers in the world. Uh, so I'm, I'm constantly reaching out to these people and having extremely interesting discussions just to learn how people are traveling and the insights that they're gleaning from it. Uh, and it, it's been a fantastic, really uh, insightful process so far. Yeah, well, we've been having a look at the website. Like the photos are amazing. Is that something you just picked up for this specifically? <laughs> well, I don't do... Actually... None of the content on there is created by me. Uh, so all of the words that you see on the website, mm -hmm. uh, and this one is at howitravel.co. Um, for anyone listening, yeah, all of the words that are on there are done by the featured traveler themselves. Oh, okay. Uh, and all of the photography is done by a professional. So I always okay. link them with a professional photographer oh, nice. in whatever city that they are living in or whatever city that they happen to be in at the time. And... Uh, yeah, the photographer will work with them to do a professional level photo shoot. Right. And then that's how it all comes together. Oh, cool. Hey, one thing that we have, um, Jeremy and I have always been pretty good about doing on our travels is keeping a journal. Uh, what, are you, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I used to be a lot better at mm -hmm. keeping a journal. Um, more recently, I, I've kind of dropped off a little bit at least in the sense of a daily journal, which I used to do. And I always found that, you know, you guys probably find the same thing, that it's really nice to be able to look back, say, six months or a year. Uh, and, you know, for one thing to be able to remember, oh, yeah, I did this that day, that was fun, etc. But I think more importantly, just to see the frame of thought that you were in, that's really the way that I keep my journal, mm -hmm. uh, you know. What are the things that are important to me right now? What are the emotions that I'm experiencing most right now? Uh, because I think when you look back upon those things, then you can create a much more full picture of who you were as a person at that point. Um, so occasionally I'll, I'll, you know, I'll write these things down, but yeah. I haven't been nearly as good about it lately as I, as I used to be. I'm just cruising on the How I Travel website right now. And I really, really like the questions that, uh, that you you're asking travelers and uh since you are interviewing the most interesting travelers and i think you're an interesting traveler can i ask you a question from your own site 
<laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, go for it. I'm I'm uh, a little bit nervous actually. I, no, I've never really thought about them for myself, but go ahead. <laughs> um okay, well then I'll give you a choice. Um it either be what do you love most about traveling or the deeper question would be how has travel changed you as a person? Gosh. Um I'll take the second one. How oh, has good. travel changed you as a person? Yeah, I knew you were hoping for that. Um <laughs> I mean, how has it changed me as a person? Travel has definitely made me someone with more patience. Hmm. Um, with, you know, I was definitely not a patient person before. Hmm. And in a lot of regards now, uh, you know, with things like my business or other things like that, that I feel I need to act with urgency, that's one thing. And, and I wouldn't necessarily say that patience is a virtue in that sense. Uh, I, I kind of disagree with that sentiment overall, but just patience in terms of uh, you as an individual um, and the people around you and getting to know your surroundings, I guess those sort of call them quote unquote softer things, uh, dealing with your like your feelings and your emotions I think it's very important to be patient there. Uh, and I've learned some of that through travel. Hmm. And I guess a lot of the reason behind it is that when you're traveling the way that I do and the way that a lot of my peers do, you know, it's, it's a way that you're pushing your boundaries all the time and constantly throwing yourself into situations where you're really not sure what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I can give you a very quick example. Sure. When I moved from, or not moved, I, I was traveling through Uruguay in South America. And I took a boat from Uruguay to Buenos Aires, the mm -hmm. capital of Argentina, which is where I was going to live for the next number of weeks. Uh, I arrived at about 11 p.m. Uh, I didn't speak any Spanish. I had no local currency and only an address, but no idea how to reach that address wow. of where I was going. And, you know, I, I arrived in the city and it only hit me when I touched on land that I thought, wow, this, you know, this is extremely irresponsible of me to arrive <laughs> like this. I might just have to sleep like under a bridge or something yeah. tonight. Uh, but, you know, I figured it out. People helped me and, and, you know, one good thing after another, I figured it out. And so, you know, when you're in a situation like that, you really don't have the option of being anything but extremely patient. And yeah, when you have a series of those experiences over a series of days or months or whatever the time frame may be, then that patience stays with you. Yeah, I like that. It sounds as though th this patience relates sort of into the whole idea of of slowing down and, and like you say you find yourself on the shore and if you're kind of panicked and rushed and, and impatient you you might miss a whole bunch of stuff but if you kind of take that uh that more patient approach then it allows you to sort of almost be more present mm -hmm. yeah totally jordan something we like to do um on the show is kind of uh, after we're getting into the, the details of what you do, ask you a few practical tips for um, traveling and also just adding adventure into your everyday. As that's um, you know that's a big part of what we're trying to do with this podcast. How um, you know people who are living kind of uh, lives where you know working every day, how can they practically add uh, adventure into every day? 
Sure. I think it's important if, you know, if you want to change the way that you're living uh, in, in absolutely any way, I think that the first thing to be done is to throw out the assumptions that you have about society uh, hmm. and to make that more concrete, you know, all of us go through every single day with a set of assumptions uh, of how we should act in certain situations and how other people will act if we act that way. Right. We pretty so, much know how that whole day is going to go. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, you mentioned people that are working every day. Yeah. So maybe you start in the morning uh, and if you're taking a subway or a bus on the way to work, you know, it's not like this all around the world, I can tell you, but mm -hmm. in Canada and in the United States, it, it's very common for people to just be, you know, in solitude in when they're in transit, right? No one's talking to strangers. Oh, for sure. No one is interacting at all. Uh, you're alone. You're alone. So what if you throw out that assumption that you should be alone and you just start talking to all the people around you? Hmm. I mean, yeah, some people are going to think you're weird. Uh, because they're still holding very firmly onto that assumption that you should be alone there. That's right. But if you throw that out and you start talking to people, I mean, that's one step in a change. Well, and, yeah, and the, the longest I, you have to make the conversation go is one subway stop. So you can just always get off at the next one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that, that's just like one very small change and it doesn't mm -hmm. even have to be related to the greater change that you want to create in your life, but just the concept of change in motion uh, at all is enough to kind of be that lead domino right. that gives you the confidence to say, you know what? Yeah. Okay. I changed that. And even if it went bad, you know, the person was rude or whatever you think to yourself, but it wasn't that bad. Right. You know, they, they kind of, I was frustrated for 30 seconds because that person was rude but then I got on with my day and it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you move on to the next thing and you're at your coffee shop that you go to every day. And usually you just go through the line and everyone's like, da, da, da. it's kind of robot work. But today you decide, you know what? I've been paying $4 and 50 cents for this coffee every day. Why don't I ask them if I can get a 10% discount? And you know, everyone around you is thinking, oh my God, what is this person insane? What are they doing? And the person behind the counter is going to ask you, you know, well, first they're going to be very taken aback when you say, oh, can I get a 10% discount? And then, you know, they say, well, why? And you say, I don't know. I'm just having a really good day. I thought it would make my day even better. <laughs> and and it they're, they're going to be stunned. <laughs> They'll be like, oh my gosh, this person is crazy. But then they're going to think, you know what? Yeah, I'm a manager here. I can give this person 10% off. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, again, it, it's another very tiny change. Right. But then once you hit that lead domino, that that's kind of what I'm going after here is like hit the lead domino that's right. going to make everything else for you easier or faster. Right. And like, once you realize that, that you can change these things, then it's just going to make everything else so much easier. And even what you were saying about starting just a conversation with someone, all you're asking for is the bare minimum from a human being to talk back to you. Mm -hmm. So it should be pretty easy, yeah. but it's really not. Jordan, I, I really think that's 
some pretty powerful advice actually, especially coming from someone who literally started a business that would allow them to just travel, you know, all the way around the world. So, you know, in the way, you know, when we think of someone who's really adventuring, um, you know, you're someone who's really, really doing it. So to hear uh, some practical advice like that, I think is really um, quite powerful and I think really yeah, applicable to, to, to anyone who, who might be listening. So thank you very much for that. I think that was awesome. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> um, if, if you see um, sort of where do you see how I travel going in the next even, you know, five, five years, where would you like to see that and or your oyster? Sure. Uh, so how I travel particularly, I want to become a premier go-to travel resource for young people. Okay. And the focus on young people is important. Uh, and I say that because there are other great, great travel publications out there. Uh, you know, if you think of travel publications, and they could be online or in print, uh, whatever, uh, maybe you think of something like National Geographic, right? It's right. kind of the classic. Everyone knows it. Sure. But National Geographic is catering to a much different audience um, than what I'm catering to, right? It, it's right. people that are older often and uh, because they're talking about things, quite frankly, that are a little bit out of the reach of younger travelers uh, yeah, it, going it's to these extreme. crazy exotic locations, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really want to hit on the younger audience and just right. create something that is going to be a, a positive and inspiring community for those people that gives them the the small shove that they need to get out the door and actually explore the world. Right. And then once they're ready to do that, you know, it, it makes for a natural progression for them to come to your oyster, uh, which is all about getting cheap flights, particularly for Canadians, I might add. and. Oh you know, then they're going to come to, to us at your oyster and say, Hey, I want to go here. Can you help me? And then we're going to work with them on a one-on-one basis to make that happen. Yeah. And you're pretty much, you know, living your own research and development for your company. You're your ideal mm-hmm. uh, target. Yeah, absolutely. And it helps when you do that, right? You, you meet people that are similar yeah. to you. And so I, I'm meeting, you know, potential quote unquote clients all yeah. the time. Well, that's mm-hmm. awesome, man. Um, just to, just to wrap up with you, can you give us one, uh, one tip from you to make our next flight the most ideal scenario <laughs> without, without, spe- <laughs> now with, without spending any dollars, like you were saying, you know, maybe sweet talking the uh, girl at the desk or something. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We, we all kind of chuckle when you say that, but that's actually a very, like if I had to give you a top five, which I won't. Uh, but that would definitely be in there. Like be nice to the people there right. uh, at every step of the way and they will be nice back to you. Right. Because as we know, anyone in the customer service role very rarely is, uh, is smiled back at, I right. would say. Um, so, so that's one option. Let me think a little bit more. I mean, I do have, like I, I write extensively on youroyster.com about uh, about ways that people can save a lot of money mm-hmm. in order to, uh, sorry, save a lot of money uh, without investing anything mm-hmm. with, you know, zero dollars. Uh, and you can read extensively about those uh, at youroyster.com. I, I won't talk about those methods particularly here. Um, 
Yeah, we'll definitely I guess. Put the, we'll definitely put links up for uh, all, all your sites. People can get at them. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I would say thinking about it now, and you know, I, I've worked with so many different clients over the past fourteen or sixteen or however many months since mm-hmm. I launched the company. And the most important thing is just being flexible. Right. Be flexible in your dates. Uh, you know, instead of you have to leave Friday afternoon, maybe you can leave Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. That opens up such a, you know, a world of opportunity for right. you. Uh, and also if you can be flexible with your destinations as well, uh, then that makes a world of difference hmm. too. Cool. Hmm. And one more, one final thing before we, we, uh, do you have one like really quick, funny story of something you've experienced while you've been, uh, out adventuring? <laughs> Uh, or an interesting mm, story. It doesn't necessarily have to be funny. We also yeah. accept worst case scenario. Yes, we do. What's that? You have a worst case scenario? Yeah, if there's a situation where you just found yourself, kind of like your uh, your uh, on the on the shores story, where you're just like, how am I going to get out of this? Oh yeah. Um. Oh my, there's. There's a bunch kind of running through my head. Um, get the journal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have to get the journal. I mean, I think if we're talking about like interesting stuff, uh, this isn't per se like one particular story, but it's more of an archetype that I've noticed mm-hmm. amongst people. Uh, a lot of the people that I've met is that, you know, I just described to you a few minutes ago the things that I travel with. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm on... I'm on like I consider myself not on a trip anymore. This is just a lifestyle. It, yeah. I've moved away from Canada where I grew up. I, I don't live in Canada anymore. I live right now in Thailand. And next month I might live somewhere else, whatever. Uh, so I'm traveling with these things. But when you talk to a lot of other people that are doing similar things, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've asked them questions like, oh, okay, like I see you have your backpack here. Where's the rest of your stuff? And they say well, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, you know, like clothes or other stuff that you have at home. And people will say things to me like, well, I have a suit at my brother's, uh, but that's it. Hmm. Wow. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, this. <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm thinking to myself like, what? That, that is crazy. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm traveling light, but that doesn't mean that I don't have things at home. I have books. I have other things that I value there. Sure. Uh, but other people will tell me these are the only things that I own and I'm carrying all of them on my back right now. And, you know, I, I'm living the life that I've always wanted. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the main takeaway that I always get from this is that, you know, the currency in the world that we live in right now is not is not currency that you hold in your hands. It's currency in the form of stories and, and mm. experiences and social collateral. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best to meet the people that have the most of that currency because right. it just spreads like wildfire. Right. Um, and I guess if the, if you were to put a theme to how I travel, it's people that are extremely rich in that sort of currency in the currency of stories and experiences and the people that are willing to share that with everyone else. That's awesome. I think that's the that's the perfect place to end, Jordan. Thanks so much uh, for your time. We'll definitely uh, you know put up on our site where people can get in touch with you and uh, 
yeah, we just really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for the conversation. Yeah, have a great day. Absolutely. You too, guys. It was a lot of fun. Take care. Awesome. Bye-bye. Cheers. What a cool guy. Thank you, Jordan, for taking some time to uh, to come and chat with us. Yeah. You know what's really interesting, Calvin? What's that? Uh, there's a friend of mine who's been sort of helping us to uh, get this podcast off the ground. He's been mm-hmm. listening to the episodes before we've uh, before we sent them out, and he heard Jordan's interview. And uh, the other day, he was he was uh, at a, at a dinner party with a friend, and <laughs> he's at a dinner party with a friend. And at, at the very end, it was like 11:30 after he left, and there were a bunch of people who were texting him, wanting to, him to come to a party. Sounds like a popular guy. Yeah, very popular guy. Tons oh of goodness. people were texting him, but. It, like think about it you're just went out for dinner it's 11 30 like do you really want to drive half an hour 45 minutes to go to a party i'm gonna go with no no but this friend of mine came up to us and said you know what when i left that person's house jordan's voice popped into my head and said you know make a choice to do something unexpected and so he right. actually went to the party and ended up having an amazing time and i only share that story because that's kind of the goal of this podcast. It's to, you know, in some, even if it's a really small way, to help you do something a little bit differently than you normally yeah. would. Well, that's such a cool little practical tip. Like, that's what we're after. Yeah. Those little things to incorporate in every day that we can use. Absolutely. So, Jordan, thank you for that. And uh, for the rest of you out there listening, uh, we're so thankful that you came to spend uh, this time with us. We hope that you did uh, get a little bit something out of it. That's right. And uh, if you want to keep in touch with us, we have social media. You can find all that stuff on our website. So, yeah, we're going to have um, a little section there dedicated to everything Jordan's doing right now. Yes, yes. Uh, his websites and his uh, contact information. Yeah, so feel free to check that out. The website is openroadpod.com. Sweet. All right, we got a musical feature this week? We sure do. Today we have a track by a friend of mine. His name is Jesse Mirage. Mirage, I think that's how you say it. It's spelled... Uh, kind of French so it's kind of fun to say it that way but uh, Jesse and I are friends from uh, when I was living in Waterloo going to Wilfrid Laurier University and I ran into Jesse the other day uh, at a show we were at a Valley Maker show he's a uh, Valley Maker's a guy from Oregon who was playing a show in Toronto so we were there with some friends and uh, oddly enough Jesse was opening up for him so it was really cool to catch up with him and I said hey man what uh, new music have you been working on lately and he told me a little bit about his new album and kind of the direction he was trying to go and was walking me through the creative process a little bit. And he's still really in the early stages, but actually has a demo. Uh, and this track is called Evergreen. And he said, you know, I got this demo um, for this song called Evergreen. Would you want to play that? And I said, oh, absolutely. I think it's so cool to be uh, playing a song that's kind of, you know, potentially still early in the process. Just a... Uh, um, you know, a, a finished song, but maybe not as polished as it would be on the album. So really appreciate you sending me this track, Jesse. Uh, and let's take a listen. This is Evergreen by Jesse Mirage.
soft as summer shores and stronger than the evergreens at my brother's house at my brother's house Thank you, Jesse, for sending us that demo of uh, your song, Evergreen. We look forward to that upcoming album, and uh, we'll keep our listeners updated as to when they can get that. You can find Jesse, guys, on Facebook. Take a look at his music. Uh, it's definitely uh, some excellent, excellent stuff. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Open Road podcast. We've enjoyed spending this time with you. We do hope that it's been helpful for you in some small way as you continue to try to add a little bit more adventure to your everyday guys stay tuned next week for an awesome conversation we have with ben hardesty of the last bison this is the band that we featured last week an old friend of calvin's and he tells some awesome stories about how they were basically a no-name band from virginia started getting radio play uh, got signed and uh and and the whirlwind experience that they've had in the music world and uh, where they are today and where they plan to go in the future it's an awesome conversation and we look forward to hanging out with you guys again next week. Uh-huh.